everybody. Welcome back to Torchlit Tavern. Uh, we are a fifth edition. Uh, well, I mean, we were. It's been a while. I don't know what we are lately. Uh, we're a real play Dungeons and Dragons podcast, normally focusing on storytelling and character building. And my name is Jameson Oxford. And today I will be your taskmaster, question master, something or other. I, I, I just go with interrogator. Ooh. Inquisitor? Yeah, I will be your inquisitor. grand inquisitor. <laughs> I will be your grand inquisitor, Jameson Oxford. And today uh, we're doing a very special episode. We are doing a Q&A, uh, partly because we thought it would be fun to answer a few questions and let you get to know us and our player, or and let you get to know us and our characters a little bit better. Uh, so fair warning, it might have spoilers if you are not caught up. Spoilers. Uh, we're going to try to avoid spoilers for the future of the show and for the characters, but if you are not caught up and you want to be caught up and you want the story, you might want to skip this till you're there. But for now, let's talk to the guy on my left, which is... Hi, I am the master of task, the master of question, other something, and the Inquisitor Grandiose. And my name is Randall. Uh, I normally play Dylan and God damn it. I get, I'm getting grilled for questions, finally. Yeah, we're going to get some answers Your out of you, boy. time has come, bitch. <laughs> so I already had to deal with some Bobo, so now this shit. I answered I'm enough. In my little, my little book. Uh, uh, yeah, so I can't wait to see what we all ask and what we all answer, especially from some people. Hey, Roy. Uh, and to my left. Hey, gang, it's Ryan. And today I am playing Ryan because we're not playing a game today. But usually I play Roy. And I'm here to be extremely deflective and not answer any of your questions. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Especially Randall's. God Moving on. Damn it. <laughs> the person who wishes they were next to me. Is that me? Yes. Yes. Oh, hi, yes, guys. It's you. It's me. I'm playing me today, so ask me questions. What's your name, <laughs> me? Wouldn't that's you just, like to know? That's a good question. What is your name? It's <laughs> a good I'll start. Ask the Am I doing it right? This is not how we do it, you right? You said your name. <laughs> Hey guys, in all in all seriousness, it's me. I'm Mitch. I play Bruce. I play uh, Dave. I play uh, my favorite turtle friend, Old Scale. I play a lot of the more eccentric characters, typically old and senile and whacked out. But today I'll be answering questions for Bruce. I believe, yeah. right? Yeah. Just Bruce. Yeah. Spoiler alert: You might not be Dave yet. Like, see, you already you already fucked it up, man. I don't know when this is gonna release. <laughs> so if you know, we are go- doing a special for uh, November. It's uh, I haven't even heard it yet, and uh, he's gonna be a guy named Dave. So that was that was ruined for all of us. <laughs> Bob and Dave. Bob and Dave's Bob great and adventure. Dave. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, nice. I, I don't know when this is gonna drop. Uh, I don't know if I'll leave this bit in, but it is important to note. I don't know when I will release this because it's sort of to buy time partially. Uh, we're we're gonna go through our cards our, on the table. Yeah, lean year where we have hard time getting together because of holidays and things. We've got people moving around and yeah, so we're trying to give you guys content and hopefully uh, you love us enough to listen to us uh, ask questions. Some of you sent in questions, which I'm super that, excited. And it's to ask. probably well overdue. Like I feel like we owe some answers to at least a few things by this point. Nah, nah, it's, that doesn't seem like my style. I don't know you should unless you're paying. I was going to say, I owe the bank, too. It doesn't mean I pay them. I've I'm realized that I'm, I'm the scumbag who wrote Lost when it comes to this campaign. I refuse to give any new answers. It's just questions. Uh, <laughs> me, me and Ryan have somewhere to be, you know? Yeah. We can't, we can't answer any questions. Yeah. So, anyway, to to his uh, to Mitch's left, this is, uh, is Strana. 
I usually play uh, Vapidopolis in the early episodes, if you've been listening. Hopefully. Please. Please. And uh, right now I'm playing Sabobos. And maybe soon you might hear me play another character. <laughs> okay. That's right. Right. And, so anyway, uh, so the guy to the left of me, <laughs> who has the crackly voice. Who be And he? to the other side of the interrogation room. Uh, I'm not sure which side of the table I'm on in this interrogation, but the I'm the left, on to the left, to the left, to the left, to the left. Uh, uh, I'm That's probably I'm probably handcuffed to the table. Let's that be would honest. be my guess. Yeah, uh, it's Jeff. Did somebody once bring again. the probes? <laughs> <laughs> it's Jeff once again. Normally, I am of course the Jello Man, Skeleton Man, <clears throat> or the Gelatin Skeleton. Uh, but today I'm going to try to leave oh, yes, that the, the, persona uh, yes, behind. The, the Jello fellow. The Jello yeah. fellow. Nice. <laughs> I leave that persona behind. You cannot escape me. <sighs> I'm going to try. Can There's we no put him in detention? Yep. Fucking Skeleton bullshit. You, you'd think he's supposed to quiet down. We're heading into winter. <laughs> yes. Topsy-turvy, what's winter anymore? Oh, God, he's going to be like one of those fucking exes that knows it on the way out and just like really ramp everything up in the last ten minutes because they just can't let go. Grim makes me Grim, Grim makes me believe that global warming can't come fast enough. <laughs> uh, but uh, there will be no hat doffing today. I'm going to fucking put that on record whoa. right now because whoa, whoa. I'm not whoa. I'm not officially playing Grim. And so now I'm going to put it in about five times. Whoa. Rapid success. <laughs> I'm 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 not wearing a hat. And I'm not doffing that bitch. He, he, oh, there he goes. He just offed it. Oh, the magic of podcasting. Hey, don't lie. Truth, truth is what I make it. <laughs> don't. <laughs> That's fair. I'm calling the police. Oh, wait, I am the police. <laughs> awesome. today, today we are people playing a game. And uh, Mitch don't has shoot. some ideas. Uh, but Mitch has some ideas for how we're going to handle the questions. But first, let's do a quick round of tavern keeping. because oh, it's a bad idea. It's a little dirty all the time because we are monsters who are bad at this. We're dirty guys. Ah, uh, yes, tavern keeping. This is this is uh, this is uh, refreshing to come back to the old tavern. So let's uh, let's throw rags all over the place and see what happens. So <laughs> once again, thank you for listening, and we've been having an amazing month as far as listenership. And we are so fucking happy about it. And I just want to take this moment to explain how happy about it we are. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. And if you want to interact with us more, guess what? I got all your answers right here because we are all over the place. You can put us into the Google and I'll tell you exactly what's going to happen. You're going to put Torchlit Tavern. What's that name again, Ryan? It's fucking Torchlit Tavern, Doug. We're going to put it in You're listening. You found it. And then, <laughs> and then you're going to find the Facebook Tell them what the Facebook is. That's facebook.com slash Torchlet Tavern. Then you're going to find the Twitter. Tell them what the Twitter is. That's at Torchlet Tavern. Then you're going to find the website. Tell them what the website is. TorchlitTavern.com. Then you're going to find the Patreon. Tell them what the Patreon is. Patreon.com slash Torchlet Tavern. That's right. And then if you find those things and you want to share us on some of those social media, we even have a hashtag. Tell them what the hashtag is. Hashtag Torchlet Tavern. And again, please like, rate, subscribe, all of it, and share, share, share. Rating, though, is important as well. Don't get me wrong. Rate us so that we get higher on analytics, because the higher on the analytics, the more people listen and the more people you can talk about us to. 
yeah. which is fun. It, yeah, and let this, like he said, we've had a huge spike in listenership, which is probably a tiny spike to most other podcasts because we are just us. We're not part of a network. We're not part of anything else. Uh, at this point, I'm not even forcing you to listen through commercials. And, you know, I, like, I'm not selling We're you anything awesome particular. If you want to help keep us... I'm not going to say free because I think if you get us... I mean, point, let me I'm tell you right now, if you pay us, we'll, we'll put a commercial in just for yeah, you. Yeah, like, fair. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say there, it right now. I'll do it. That, uh, that, but that goes along with the fact that we're just a tiny group of guys who are doing this for fun and, you know, we don't make any money off of it. It's it's all a passion project for us. So, every time you promote us, every time you give us five stars, which is a big deal, it helps. Uh, I don't know what happened. You guys did a great job. We have, like, doubled our listenership this month, this week. And um, it it makes me it like it gives me the warm fuzzies. I don't know even how to describe it. It makes me very happy to see it. it. Please keep it up. Uh, we love our listeners. Thank you. Yeah, I'm gonna throw out a quick Action. shout out to my boy, my brother Mason. Keep putting the name out there, kiddo. Fucking, <laughs> what's up to you and all your Purdue boys? Love that guy. Keep listening, gang. Hope you dig the product. Big love to everybody out there. And I, and I do want to actually touch on a couple things just before we get into this. Uh, one, and most importantly, if you like what we do, or if there's things about you, th- things about what we do that you like, tell us, interact with us, yeah. interact with us and let us know. The more feedback we get, the more we can apply that. Yeah. And that, if you want to, you're not going to find a lot of podcasts. We're going to have such a direct line to exactly what we're doing. So do that. Join us in the conversation. It's great. And also, honestly, and I, maybe we'll put it on the Patreon at some point. Maybe not. I'm, I'm throwing an audible here. But if you do want us to promote something for you, that's a possibility. <laughs> All right. Careful, careful, careful. I'm just saying it's a possibility. Careful, careful. But hey, we uh, totally hey, are sellouts and we will. How, how, um, we, have, we have listeners in Mexico too, right? Like 30? We've got listeners all over. Uh, That's so it's, awesome. it's just yes. for you. Oh, just no. for you as I think the most Spanish-inclined person on the podcast. I'm going to ruin this just for you. Oh, here we go. Gracias, mi amigo. But thank you to thank you to everyone all over, uh, especially the people who download, especially the people who share, especially the people who give us feedback. Because in the big void of everything that we do, we're always busy. We all got lives, or at least pretend to. Um, but in all the things that we do... It feels pretty fucking awesome to see like a boost in our likes or when we get a like on our page or a share or a comment, especially those are the best. So thanks to everybody for interacting. It means a lot. It does. And I, we really I, appreciate it. The feedback keeps me going. Uh, and don't let him fool you. The only reason he didn't give a shout out to more countries is because he doesn't speak any other language. He barely speaks Spanish. Also, he's trying <laughs> desperately to not get deported. That would be bad. Uh, could I, mate? <laughs> All so Mitch has an idea uh, that we are going to roll initiative when I ask a question, especially a question that goes around the table, and uh, that is how we will decide the order of operations. Also, when it is your turn, quote-unquote, you may roll a d20, and if you roll high enough, you can pose a question to another player. So, uh, do I and roll includes... with Bruce's stats and get advantage, no. or do I roll with Mitch's stats and default to four? Yes. <laughs> yes. No Sweet. stats, straight d20s, and I count. You can ask me things. Uh, we're going to avoid plot spoilers, characters. Sp- I'm going to call them character spoilers, like, you know, something about your character that you don't want revealed yet. You know, Just to make it fair to everyone, I'm actually going to use an electronic dice roller 
Oh no! Off of the Googles. So let's let's get into it, guys. Uh, I roll four. Where? What should I start? I think I'm gonna start right off with a uh, a, a a question from a listener. A Ooh. lot of these are from Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. Uh, we'll start with if everyone has an irrational fear IRL. What is it? And does it translate to your character, or do you steer your character away from having the same fears as you do? Interesting question. I like that one. This is, it's a good one. It's a good one. Who's got initiative? Yeah, so roll initiative. I've got a 13. Holy shit. Rolling last is good in this one. One of you assholes has to go first. Ha ha! Uh, unless you got lower, which is a three. Bro, nice. Oh shit. Does, do I answer this question? Nah, it's I think I'm going to leave this one out. I don't know, man. I mean, I feel like I feel like that that actually, as the DM, might have the best answer coming from you because you have the most opportunity. I mean, it, it is probably my fears and phobias that affect the campaign more than everyone else's. Yeah, <laughs> this is more well, like Jay. You're going first. You rolled highest. Okay, so as a DM, uh, I fear politics now as I get older and older. And let's say that yeah, there's a little bit of that that affects some of the story choices that I've made. Uh, there, there are little through lines if you pay attention. Uh, I think you'll notice a lot of my NPCs. I don't care much for war. Uh, and, uh, Fair. What, what else? Uh, phobia. I don't like spiders. That's why there's not, not been a single spider in the campaign yet. <laughs> no, that's not true. I will attack you with spiders. Just know that it's like Batman. I'm attacking you with what I fear. <laughs> <laughs> So, so funny enough, um, when I was younger, I had an irrational fear of clowns. That's yeah. not irrational. Still don't like them. Still don't like them. I mean, I can't say I blame you. On I am one. surprised that Strana had such a common phobia. Like, did you watch the movie It when you were younger? Because that no. was the cause of most people's basically from birth. Phobia. From birth, huh? Like huh. three years old. Cla- in in a mall. This is what was described to me in a mall. I was apparently being carried around on the upper floor across the. Across the mall, on a lower floor, there was a clown handing out balloons. I did not like this. Damn. So, Mitch's random fact. Mm. There's go. actually a He's large amount of psychology that has to do with the uncanny valley and the combination of failure to properly interpret what you suspect and what you see with clowns because your eye reads both the expression of the clown and the painted expression of the clown which frequently do not coincide it goes into much deeper but a random fact of science that i I learned a few years ago that was pretty interesting there you go Hmm. neat okay is sabobos afraid of clowns oh sabobos is he afraid of clowns Dude, he totally should be. Are clowns in? Are there clowns in our world? My name is Dylan. I'm afraid of clowns. Definitely afraid of you clowns. The, <laughs> As the, well, the, you should be. The main, the main thing is, weirdly enough, I don't tend to have like really oddly colorful gesture characters in any campaign I've ever run. Because I, I also mm. uh, DM campaigns, but I've never had anything in any of my campaigns. I don't tend to go for you know that sort of character unless it has like a, a, a bent where you're building things like Bop. Then it's like oh, I might be a little silly at times, but I'm building things. I'm being building silly with what I build. Them. So, I so it carries to gestures as well. Like it's not just like painted clowns. Mimes. Yeah, because it, it's it's basically the very very classic. Uh, is, is, is it capering? Is that is that what you're terrified of? No, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was an irrational fear, I still, and I still don't like it. Ah, neat. 
Interesting. This is why it's irrational. <laughs> I don't have an explanation. Yeah, that's fair. For yeah, it. <laughs> uh, it, it, these are irrational fears, so kind of it's pro- you know we don't really have to ex- give an explanation. Just say why uh, what if it affects your RP. That's cool. I've I've never really noticed that you've never like done because I've played a few of your campaigns and you don't really go for silly shit. No, I don't. Randall. Uh, Jeff had a nine. I had an eight. I can't read things. This goes eye to nine. I'm afraid of numbers. Uh, <laughs> Makes sense. That's why I play D and D. Logical. Um. So, man, we're gonna get into Jeff psychology. Um. So I, uh, I'm not gonna get too deep into this because y'all don't need to know all my past. No but, need. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I I do my best to live a life without fear. Uh, of of just gosh darn anything. Uh, honestly, and it, it, what I've learned in that life is that you're you have a innate response to things, which is a, a like a sort what most people would classify as a fear response. Like when you when you walk up to heights, like I don't care how comfortable you are with them, you will eventually have you will at some point have an innate like bodily fear response. It's instinct response, and that you cannot avoid. But real psychological fear, uh, I don't really fuck with. I do think that that plays into grim uh but i don't think that that's uh on accident or on purpose it just happens to be a part of the character that that we share based on the character that was built grim grim is not a, a creature of the the type that would fear things rational or irrational he understands more than he fears so for me it's the same and not like I said, not not by any other metric than that's just how the character was built. Yeah. And it, I, I always think it's kind of interesting about D&D. One, people tend – there are certain hard points about someone's personality that you usually can't shear from a, like a role play. It takes a pretty impressive actor to separate like that key element of your thought process, right? That's why you said it accidentally is just the way Grimm is because it's the way you are. Some things are hard for people to divest from. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I think it's not on accident or on a, or on purpose. You know what I'm saying? Like I didn't think about it beforehand, but I also don't think that like it just was like, oh, that's part of me that is part of this. It's like I I feel like that's just, you know, between when peeking behind the curtain, when building Grim, I had a lot of talks with um with Jay and about like what this character had to be, what he was going to be. And how he was going to react. And that response, though though a lot of that could be interpreted as fear, I don't think is fear. Yeah. And we'll touch more on what it means to be Faye, because I got a couple of questions about that, I think, too. So, Absolutely. Because that's a big, yeah. yeah. We'll come back to that. Uh, it's actually kind of funny, uh, but if you got, if I'm sure a few of you know this, like Jay and Mitch, well, I'm actually scared of a lot of shit, like irrationally. But, or or uh, rationally, like or uh, rationally, yeah. yeah. You, you got co- some rational ones you've been giving. There's too. a couple things that are rational, but there's like some irrational shit. Like I don't really fuck with spiders or open water. Really, I don't fuck with that shit because I don't know what it is, but ain't it, Chief? Just ain't happening <laughs> with me. Uh, but uh, I guess that does translate somewhat to Damon slash Dylan because like that dude is scared so much of like random shit like he's just like okay 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 well how do i deal with this and his his thing is if he gets scared he fucking reacts and if he reacts well hi you've all watched this podcast (laughs) (laughs) yeah unless you haven't i mean it's possible (laughs) yeah well 
He it's reacts. always possible we got a rando like yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Hi. I I I like it. D and D is interesting too because you're supposed to play these heroes, but part of this campaign that I kind of like is the idea that you're more normal. Like you guys aren't heroes. If you were heroes, you'd be outside the city walls doing uh, hero stuff. Yeah, doing hero stuff. But you guys are just sort of. I, I I've bred it into the campaign because I like to lean into things that happen accidentally. That you guys weren't meant to be heroic necessarily. So it's kind of interesting to see. You know, you you don't worry about being a cookie board cutout of a hero. Like Thor is a great example. He's heroic. He's always going to be the most heroic. But at the same time. Occasionally, that gets boring, and it's nice to see him when he has flaws or fears. Yeah. Well, lately, nowadays, everybody, a lot of people here aren't exactly fans of how Dylan's reacted. <laughs> we, the, the, we, yep. we, we, I am hoping for a payout, and hopefully, the fans will enjoy it. But uh, it's gonna we aren't going to go into be, that. We don't know gonna, how. It's going to end with me being Jon Snowed, where everybody just stabs me and says, for the watch. <laughs> like I'm just saying, for a certain amount on Patreon, Bruce may or may not just break his neck in his sleep. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just not saying it wouldn't. You coward. Do it well. I'm awake, pussy. Yeah, I, I know another podcast that put up a $1,000 Patreon tier to kill a player, and that player fucking died. Or that sorry, <laughs> character. <laughs> I don't know, man. $1,000? No, 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 no. No, no, no. Thousand dollars. I'll kill the player. They, 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 they did it. They got it real quick. Listen, <laughs> listen. Was... Y'all, y'all are just mad because I'm the hero in this story. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly. We can't Ryan said it solely for Ryan. <laughs> solely for Ryan. Yeah, I, I like that. There's a that there's a this weird like I don't know if there is a hero to this particular story. It's gonna be it, you guys are supposed to all be the heroes, but y'all don't. Shit, I know who it isn't. Dylan definitely believes he's the hero. So the real hero of the story hasn't answered. Uh, Mitch. What? Fuck. <laughs> Damn it. I don't want to answer things. So. I uh I like Jeff. Don't think I have any actual irrational fears, but uh I am an extremely logic driven person, as anyone that knows me in the slightest will tell you. Too so yeah. the closest <laughs> approximation I have to an irrational fear, which is I guess it it's a paranoia more than anything, it, or a, an inability to cope with is situations that remove me from the ability to control myself or, you know, put me in a randomized situation where I have no control. I don't like those. They make me uncomfortable. They frustrate me. The editors of this podcast have saved you from a lot of these moments in the game where some fuckwad <laughs> does something stupid on his turn and I have to redo all my bullcrap. <laughs> well, it, it, but, uh, it, yeah. and that does, that does express in Bruce, uh, more so in the beginning when I had more time to sort of play into Bruce, but a lot of Bruce's expressions have been sort of subtle reminiscence of, you know, the failures of man, which is sort of how I designed his character to be, is, you know, just a guy doing things and having trouble with it. Like when you call back to uh, the lady down under before Bop and him found the crystal cave, when Bruce was hopped up on that, uh, hopped up on that Nihilus cup, and his his giantism came through, and he murked that lady, and then felt <laughs> terrible about it because he didn't consciously want to do that, and he lost control. So I think that's probably the the biggest one that plays through from me to Bruce. Yeah, and sometimes, uh, especially early on, we weren't great at like selling that moment or that thought because it's hard to do the thoughts of a character. 
So yeah, like, without, without just saying, hi, by the way. Yeah, so, like, that was a kind of a discussion we had about, did Bruce really just kill that NPC? Because up until this point, I know how Mitch wanted to play his character, because I've discussed it with him. Uh, and it was sort of like, well, that seemed out of character. And then, like, the discussion of, well, these situa- these circumstances did happen. Yeah, so, yeah. and the, the point of that was, yes, it, it is out of character. Yeah. But it, I'm playing a lower-key character, so I'm not sure how properly I delivered that in the narrative. It, it was difficult. What, one of the I, criticisms I'll throw out to our group is that sometimes we play things a little too low-key, and sometimes it's nice to be explicit, but we've learned since. Yeah. I And, and I actually want to go on record uh, as saying um, this isn't necessarily a scientific fact, but this is this is a theory I've had for a very long time. I think the biggest the biggest hurdle of, of the, uh, the human society is the illusion of control. I think that uh, the truth of the, of what the world really is, is that we don't have control very often and people think they do. And when they lose the control they thought they had, it often causes them difficulties. So you're not uncommon in that. Yeah. Shit. We're getting heavy. All right. Uh, Ryan, wrap it up because we took a long time on our first question. We're no, we didn't. I mean, it was, a, <laughs> hang on, hang on. A I got a good one. We're gonna I got a, a good one, one just this. for this yes. question in particular. Because I didn't have a daughter when I started playing Bruce. And now and now I'm finding out that uh, I'm very much on Bruce's level about that. For sure. <laughs> hey, that's cool. Yeah, that's how life yeah. changes. That one's sort of went backwards. Yeah, right? that one yeah. went the other way. Yep. That was interesting, yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, hmm. Hmm. I suppose it's more the amount of times that I think about this is what makes this irrational, but I probably have an existential crisis a couple times a day. <laughs> Sam, dude. At the least. So, yeah, you know, that's not great. Nothingness is kind of terrifying. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm. And uh, as far as Roy, uh, I feel like at least when the campaign started, he was probably a lot more accepting of stuff like that, considering what I think his backstory is. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, having now that he has more of these actual connections, I think he's a lot more worried about that sort of thing. And just to wrap that up in a nice little bow, uh, that existentialism, that, that fear of that is, is heavy, heavily related to the loss of control. control yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. My favorite thing about this campaign is that when you guys made your characters, you guys talked to me about them and like your character concept and how you thought you were going to act. And the moment you guys were forced to interact with each other's character, it altered your characters. Yeah, immediately. It was super cool. Uh, it was w- really neat to watch, like, how, um, yeah, like, Bruce has had a humongous impact on, I know for a fact, Randall and Ryan's RP. Uh, you know, Bru- Bru- Bruce being that weird old man. Okay, sorry. Uh, that's just something I like. I'm going to stick to more character, uh, we're going to stick with a player thing. Oh, I think to speed it up, Mitch, I like the initiative thing, but I think it's also going to be our attack roll. <laughs> I won this one. Whoever rolls the highest maybe gets to shoot a question. Oh, I was just going to say we keep the initiative, but that that's fine. Whatever. Oh, we can do that. Yeah. And then just roll. Yeah, you, you can roll an attack if you want to or whatever. I was thinking if we rolled it every time, then that would give somebody a chance to be like the winner, and then maybe they could do the question. They could tell me. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, we, either way. Yeah. Either way. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, well, seeing this, we, we got deep into that one. That one fucking... <laughs> All right, lighthearted. Another one from Sarah. Motherfucker! Four? Four? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're cursed. Let me Just talk. put me in the same place too there, but I also rolled a nine. Ta- uh. la- la- last comment on Irrational Fears. Mitch believes 
in superstition, but there's a lot of proof, so I don't know if it's irrational. <laughs> Dude, I don't even believe in superstition. It just happened. It's not mathematically accurate at this point. My roll dispersion is divergent from the expected. Anyway. Mitch is afraid of force. Uh, what is everyone's favorite anime? Oh, fuck. Oh, shit. Uh, I love that one. Fuck. Uh, oh, the, oh, right now it's that time I got reincarnated as a slime. No, that's, that's, right. Ooh, that's a really good one. <laughs> no, that's actually. Yeah, I, I, I don't really even know if one. we need to bother with the actual initiative because it's a pretty quick. Uh, answer. Actually, uh, mine, uh, which was one of my first animes I watched when I was younger, uh, on Toonami, was the original Full Metal Alchemist and obviously Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, uh, and it's one of my favorites for many reasons one i think it has great writing i think it's an interesting story two it was one of few animes my dad watched with me after work oh, along it. along with roroni kenshin on tsunami that's a great one too on tsunami yeah and uh so it was my favorite shit watching it with him and then you know he stopped watching it because uh he thought it was really weird because <laughs> it's anime and he's an <laughs> yeah. adult no, yeah. my, dad's a, my dad's actually a fan of anime for oh, really? the record yeah he used to watch the old speed racer cartoons when he was young oh <laughs> yeah Fantastic. Legit. uh and he he likes it he thinks it's really cool uh it's just full out, full metal alchemist gets really fucking weird sometimes, dude. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Uh, but yeah, that's that's probably my favorite all time. Um, for me, so for me, it's it's I kind of have like a favorite these days and a favorite that just has to be my favorite forever. Yeah. Um, me too. between being uh between it being the first anime I ever saw and it be and being a colored person and like and not to be like too racial here but like genuinely talk to a black person ask them what their favorite anime is and if they don't list dragon ball z as one of them i'd be real surprised uh, and that's just thing. it all right <laughs> yeah i mean i was I like mean, then, genuinely the <laughs> yeah, yeah not, let's go they're basically black. piccolo piccolo is my nigga let's just say it. and you can bleep that out but i'm gonna uh, i'll nah. get the redactyl beep over for you dude <laughs> but uh yeah, so like Dragon Ball Z is always going to have a special place in my heart. It, it literally taught me lessons in life. And that's something that you just, that you, you don't get in a lot of things that like affect you that you think. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's weird. It's one of those things that like it really it got to me. Um, but nowadays, like my favorite current is my hero academia 100%. I have a I have a big thing for heroes. So, good. so I'm a big comic book guy yeah. and it's it just scratches all the right itches for me. Mm. Sure. Moving forward, this is supposed to be a quick one. Go, go, go. <laughs> if you don't have an answer, say doesn't matter. <laughs> Anybody else? No. Actually, Let me know when you get to 4. I will say this for American <laughs> for American animation. Captain Simeon and the Space Monkey. You've oh. got the weirdest ones on your list, but I'm going to work into these. For for American Cowboy Bebop Cowboy Bebop was good, but it's still not, it's not American, is it? Yeah, Western oh, okay. animation. Oh, oh shit! I don't know. I don't know anime too well. I grew up on Toonami. Everything that was on Toonami back in the like late nineties that was my jam. Uh, was it late nineties? Yeah, late nineties. I don't know. I'm old. Uh, DBZ, absolutely. Uh, I, I think I was I think I was wrong about Cowboy Bebop, but we're moving on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm Gundam, almost positive you were wrong about Cowboy uh, Bebop. I loved but. Gundam Wing. I loved Dragon Ball Z. Still love Dragon Ball Z. Just finished Super. Was very much a fucking uh, love letter to his fans. It seemed like uh, just all the things that fans wanted to see happen in that. Uh, My Hero Academia. I'm I'm on board with that. The what's uh what's another one that uh, that I actually have a, like a sweet spot for? You liked Full Metal. 
to an extent. Record of low DOS I, I enjoyed it, but it, I would not, not put it as my favorite at all. Uh, you're currently enjoying Gurren Lagan. I am enjoying Gurren Lagan. Mainly, oh, my anime Gurren experience Lagan. nowadays is directly from like Jeff, Ryan, and Randall. They they recommend stuff, and I watch it. Uh, and sometimes it's hit and miss. I'm real picky about anime because I don't know. I I'm an asshole. <laughs> Doctor Stone's really good. Also, recent. Doctor Stone's pretty good. Yeah. We'll have to start a new podcast. You guys want to talk about anime? Yep. All right. <laughs> what are we gonna call it? <laughs> I will do it's this. It's official. Now. We're doing a spinoff anime spinoff podcast. Uh, my favorite anime of all time is forever going to be Trigun. Oh, uh, I just yeah, I just yes. finished rewatching that with uh, my young ward, uh, my best friend's son, and uh, we <laughs> who and, and uh, wait, wait. that show is fucking great. And ba- wait, wait, and Badlands. Badlands is uh, is is good, but it's uh, it's not canon, so it's like whatever. Well, did, I know, but did you show it to them? Uh, not yet. No. God. I will. Don't worry about it. But I actually Trigun recently got that. But uh, Trigun is is a stunning anime. I yeah. will say, and I just want to, for the record, being also a musician, the music is fantastic, it, and how it's involved in that yeah. is such an integral part, and it's so good. It's very it's good. So yeah, good. the the plight of Vash the Stampede hits me real close every time. Do, do you mean the human typhoon? The humanoid typhoon. Yeah, the first the humanoid typhoon. Yes. Uh, as someone yeah. who just finished rewatching it again, mm-hmm. uh, I probably honestly I watched. I, re- God, I rewatch it up. I'm going to clip this and drop it into a new show. I rewatch. <laughs> I rewatch <laughs> that anime like once a year. Total but, slaughter. Uh, t- yes. I won't leave <laughs> a single man behind. La di da di die. Mitch, do you watch any anime? Genocide. Yeah, actually, uh, I watch a lot. I don't really have a favorite, um, but I have a favorite reason that I watch anime, and uh, the favorite reason that I watch anime is I like the styles that they go with. I like the motifs. I like the way that they set up this setting that just is the world. Maybe it has some sort of basis. Maybe fuck you. It's the setting. Deal with it. <laughs> and that's that's pretty cool. But a lot of the actual animes that I personally enjoy, which is not all of them, but these are the ones that I personally prefer, are the ones where it's kind of like our podcast, actually. The same narrative that I enjoy. You're a dude doing a thing, living in a world, and most of what the focus is is the difference on how these different people interact with those problems to solve those issues. Uh, to go back to the example that you guys have mentioned, like in Full Metal Alchemist, one of the things that I really appreciated about that is there is a wide variety of characters, and all of those characters express their depth across yeah. the actual show, rather than just like, here's the token hero guy. He's mm. the hero. Like Iron Fist. I won't fucking watch Iron Fist. I hate that show. That guy is such a loser. <laughs> it's bad. Damn. It's bad. But uh, secondarily... Right, takes from Mitch. <laughs> secondarily, my favorite movie of all time is Princess Mononoke. Gotta... Throw, oh, out, throw out the ups same. to Hayao yeah, Miyazaki. No, we're done. <laughs> Dude. No, Randall. No, we don't. We're same, Ryan. Same, Ryan. <laughs> we'll Just talk, Randall. Same. We'll talk. Yeah, we'll yeah, talk. You guys talk later. <laughs> On our new podcast. Yes. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to say whoever wins initiative, if it's not me, uh, can shoot one que- one of these questions. Who didn't mute their phone? Not me. I remember this time. Mine's silent. And I don't want these questions to take up more time because these are for total just bullshit fun. But I think these are great ones to shoot at directly to somebody if you win the uh, the roll. All right, so Ryan, you, you want to shoot? You can shoot one of those questions to one of us, and we okay. can re- repeat those questions if you want to answer from somebody else. Uh, 
What does the player think about their own character? You know what? This is the one I wanted to ask Randall too. (laughs) I feel that I feel this is a question that's been overdue answering. Yeah, I want to. I like. I want to know what Randall thinks of Dylan. Okay, you guys want to know my actual opinion on Dylan outside a game, outside of me trying to say no, no, this makes sense. Trust me. (laughs) Uh, It legitimately, he's been an asshole ninety percent of the time, and he's defended it tooth and fucking nail as has randall <laughs> yeah and yeah the reason why the, the, the reason why is because i don't think i've ever actually mentioned this because i thought that uh, i wanted to actually mention this one day like in this type of session is that i modeled what the journey i expected dylan to go on after the five stages of grief okay yeah because Okay, the first, uh, when, if you guys go back to his little reading that I did with Azazel, that was when he was in denial. He couldn't accept he was gonna die. He couldn't. So, he he got, he (laughs) didn't. So, he did the one thing you should never do, which is make a deal. Then he went to anger, and he was just. So, he skipped straight to bargaining. Wait. (laughs) No, he went to anger, and he went vengeance, full on murder hobo, and that got changed actually by, uh, Bruce yeah. and Sandra and actually a little bit of Roy and th- uh, the little bit of Roy which I don't think I've ever actually addressed was because this dude was stuck in the same situation now he had someone else in his head and he saw him going a little dark and he's like is this what I look like <laughs> and uh, and then it went to bargaining and he tried to be something he wasn't he was trying to like figure out who he was and everything he was and that was when he was like going so far good it pissed everyone off and then after that obviously it was depression because akara and panic and he just wants to move forward he just is trying his fucking best and he's just getting shit on by life over and over again and uh right now he's actually kind of accepting his situation he's trying to figure out who he wants to be in this life for you know julie for sandra for everyone that he knows and the people he cares about he's trying to accept his past and keep moving and yeah, I don't think I, uh, I've never actually stated this to others because I wanted to do this type of situation where I actually like had it on recording huh. because I, I think it'd be fun, you know? And uh, yeah, that's been my basis for Dylan was because uh, I, w- listen, man, I rolled this character. I rolled a dice for every single personality trait thing and all that. When you're making a character in fifth edition, I rolled it because yeah. Mitch oh, that's suggested right. I yeah. did it. Randall and I both yeah, rolled you- completely random characters. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's something that I don't think we ever talked no, about. No. I rolled uh, randomly class, race, uh, pack type, who's my packed with, uh, personality traits, my background, everything. Like, I rolled it for every single one, and then I built a story from there, and I pitched it to Jay. And Jay's like, yeah, someone's dead, bud. (laughs) I was like, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I, want to talk about this, how we built your character and how you meshed into the story. You wanted to have, like, we talked about you having, having amnesia. I don't remember how we got to that. I, I think it was because uh, we because based on what I rolled, you didn't want too much of a complicated plot immediately. You wanted to build into yeah. a good plot, and if I had started pre-made with a pre-plot and all that, would have made things yeah. a little hairier earlier on. Yeah. So we ended up coming up with the amnesia, and then I told him he needs to give me a backstory with hard points. These are things that that are true that I cannot alter that I have to weave his backstory around so we sort of built it together there were like these concepts that bullet were points yeah bullet points yeah. this does not change this is the thing and the only rule that i gave him is that since he lost somebody he 
can't know who the person was, and the wording he has to use until he figures it out has to be non-binary, non-descriptive. Yeah, it has to be beloved, uh, and that's what he went with. Uh, originally, uh, and because uh, this is, uh, well, obvious, Dylan has some sexual fluidity, if <laughs> you haven't noticed. And originally, I actually thought that uh, I was going to have like a husband or something. You know, based on some of the hints that were dropped, but that was Jay messing with me. Jay has messed with me many times over the course of this because I he leaves little breadcrumbs that lead to a trap. So yeah. <laughs> that is basically the summation of my DMing style completely. <laughs> so yeah, it, there's there's a lot of things that happened, and technically he didn't fuck with me. If you circumvent, go back and realize that he was talking about my son, you realize, oh, motherfucker. Yeah, the whole, the whole plan is to give you that feeling of, oh, I'm so fucking dumb in the uh, end. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, I try not to out of game figure things out because it, I don't want to ruin it for me or you guys, the it's, listeners. It, it's almost frustrating. Sometimes these guys on purpose go away from the plot line and I have to tell them, no, 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 come back. This is the moment when you should figure it out. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's what I think about Dylan. That's what I based him on and that's how Dylan was actually made. Randall is not that much of an asshole and Randall tries to not <laughs> be like Dylan. <laughs> Generally a good I, call. <clears throat> Dylan's I, a what I think, What I think is the funniest part of the Randall-Dylan dichotomy is that um, like you're like, I'm not like Dylan. But it is that thought, I'm trying not to be an asshole, that is so much like Dylan. Yeah, no, no. I'm <laughs> trying not to be an asshole. Yeah, I, there are like, parts, that's the there part are parts that comes of through. Dylan. I want to say yeah. that, yeah. As I, yeah said, as I said earlier, it is funny how there are certain hard parts about someone's personality that they can't divest from. So no matter what you do, there's a lot of Randall in Dylan. Like, there's just no way around just it. Just covered him in Randall. Just yeah. covered in Randall. Gross. Uh, so... <laughs> All right, so I think yeah, said, that's, that's I, I had another one picked out, but uh, we're going to go back and uh, I'm going to throw out. If you could change one thing <laughs> about the podcast, what would you change? Oh, roll roll This is off. an all call? Uh, roll off? This is an all. Uh, I rolled a five. God, I a also four. rolled a five. Eleven. I crit. All right, Randall's going to get to ask somebody a question. Uh, t- uh, so, do you want me to answer first? Yeah, you, you want to so go ahead. Okay. One thing I would change. Jokingly, I wouldn't have blown up my barrel in the first episode. The, or second episode. Whatever it was. Uh, that barrel of gunpowder I got, that would have been so much useful later. <laughs> <laughs> As a DM, I will tell you that fighting an air elemental at that challenge rating was probably not the best call. <laughs> I know, but there was more gunpowder I could have used aside from my barrel. <laughs> it's fair, but you did... Get to avoid that combat. And that was probably also, a solid I, choice. I, I also killed a veal, though, so. <laughs> you killed a lot of people in that you, you killed a lot of people. Uh, out, of, out of game, the reason Ryan is uh, second in command of the entire Thieves Guild is your fault. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, 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 seriously, though, um, if, if I could be. Uh, if there was one thing, I could definitely wish to change throughout the entire podcast it was bop and damon's first introduction (laughs) (laughs) that set up a blood rivalry for so long yeah oh they they, they, they did have strange repercussions throughout it was good it was good Uh, yeah nowadays they're cool and i just you know you know it's cool but like back then 
That was That's fucked. It. That was fucked. I was just talking. I was like, hammer to the face. Dylan, Dylan's relationship uh, with everyone is a lot like his sexuality. It's very mercurial. <laughs> uh, Jeff or Mitch? I'm 11. You're both 11. I'm oh, 15. Fuck. No, oh, no, I'm Jeff 5 this time. No, oh, I'm 15. So, Mitch... 15. No, oh, strong. Strong, strong right. roll to 15. Damn it, you keep putting it over here on the side and I don't see it. Just <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, there. Thank you. Um, so, anyway. Let's see, things I would change. Um, if, I, if I had to go back and restart this all over again, Bob's kind of spy master's personality, because that was... Something hard to work around. Um, we let, this is one of those explicit moments that I was talking about. How we weren't explicit enough about certain things. He he played KG out of game, which was not great for the show. Yeah, the character well, the character was even KG in game, and and there's a lot of like long setup stuff um, yeah. that Bop was doing. Which we just I I as the DM kind of had to say we just and sometimes it's like I know you set it up but we have to go a different direction yeah it's Damn like it. I, I just don't have the time for long pulls because I'm trying to hit certain beats is all and yeah. I'm sorry about that <sighs> yeah because <laughs> you have to remember Bob is now the originator of human flavored dwarven ale <laughs> yeah uh, yeah that's somewhere. Yeah, we'll have to address that. Oh, Bob. Thank you for reminding me. Let me write that note down. I can't. Wow. All right. Uh, is that is that he doesn't? Let, let's recap. He doesn't want to change that. <laughs> None of us want to change no. that. No, that, that, that's amusing. That's very amusing. Uh, I guess um, it's. It, 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 but but it, it was really funny because Bob's like, okay, we need to plan this, and everybody's like, we're gonna go do a thing. I'm like. That's the bad. I, oh, well, you're doing it. Yeah, um, which, hmm. which I enjoyed uh, personally as a joke that he was always trying yeah. to plan, and then the party would just kick the door in. <laughs> Bruce or Dylan would always kick something off <laughs> every time. And knowing that, but one of the restrictions I actually did for Bop was no damaging spells at all. Oh yeah, um, unless it was incidental. So fifth edition actually makes that very very difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all agree. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I guess I'm using sleep. <laughs> Not non-damaging spells pretty much end combat is what they do. They're very good at making nobody be able to hit anyone or, you know, or just drag combat out, which yeah. part of the show that I didn't really love about 5th edition for a podcast is how long combat can already take. So when everybody's constantly falling on the ground due to a grease trap, <laughs> combat takes a little longer, which is very funny, but it also is very disruptive to game. Yeah. yeah uh, by the way, do you guys remember when Dylan literally Ooh. stopped sleeping because of an aspect he took just so that could stop happening to him? <laughs> yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm like, damn it. Bitch. <laughs> Yo. Well, I like answer a question or some shit. Come on, man, what's up? Yeah, you, you, was, is there anything you'd like to change? Uh, I mean, nah. not really. I mean, yes, <laughs> but it's not really the podcast. Um, it's the DM. <laughs> it's it, yeah. I didn't want to say it. I just want a new DM. Our DM kind of he's kind of funny looking. No, uh, real talk though. The only thing I would change about the podcast, and it's not something I could change about the podcast, is I wish that uh, you know we had more time, a little more time to. Uh, do different things, you know, interacting with each other was 
really important and did a lot of really cool character division and character driving factors and things early on in the campaign that came from these interactions and these cool dichotomies. Bruce and Bob and Bruce and the other characters and even the other characters interacting with each other. And though it's very true to life, we've ended up in this situation now where we're all so caught up in the big things that are happening that we don't have time to really be people about it. So I, I wish that, uh, you know, we'd had the opportunity to do a little bit more interaction. Though I think going into this arc, and one of the things I'm excited about going into this arc, is that uh, we should have the opportunity to do that, to sort of express our characters. And I'm looking forward to that, because that'll be pretty cool. You know, Bruce, we all, I think, have a pretty good idea of how he started. And Damon, we have a decent idea of how he started. But now we're going to get to see them actually interacting again, and what they've sort of grown into. So I think that in the end, it'll still work out okay. But uh, just more interaction would be cool. That's uh, me. It's me. Yeah, loser. Uh, yeah. Well, that's cool because I had I I would. You're right. Uh, there was a lot of time uh, being the DM of a game, a tabletop game where you have a lot of time and you can get together and you can pick up exactly where you left off. Uh, gives you a lot more time to hit those little nuance things. And some tables don't really care for that much RP. Honestly, I feel sometimes like we're more of a soap opera than a damn D&D game. Uh, You're welcome. <laughs> and yeah, I actually do like it. But I, I find myself in this weird position where I'm on the where I'm doing the show. And I also want it to be entertaining for a listener. So I'm thinking of like action does need to move forward. So occasionally I push things forward and things get cut off like there's no answers. So there's this weird question of do I let them play it out? And that's the episode now because... We can spend an hour RPing together and like arguing and call it, you know, being mad over real human interaction or even like, or even reconciling things. It's important, but at the same time, I also want to make it happen in an or like a narratively interesting way. So sometimes I'm like, if I interrupt this now, then it gets that will they won't they shit that people hate, but also watch shows for. So I do apologize if I fuck that up because I find myself in this weird position as a director and a DM, and I'm not good at either. <laughs> I mean, at least you're both. Imagine how hard it would be if you were one or the other. Oh God, yeah. No, I like that I can blame uh, one problem on the other problem. That's that's my go right now. <laughs> oh, I fucked that. I fucked that director shit up because I'm trying to DM, and I fucked that DM shit because I'm trying to be a director. See, so, yeah, found a found a loophole that loops itself. <laughs> go ahead, Ryan. Uh, damn. All right. Well, no, I love all of my peoples here that I do this podcast with. Liar. It's about me, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I love all y'all. Y'all are my friends and my buddies. But when we were putting this whole podcast together and we started getting people to start playing and to be involved, it would have been cool to get a female voice in the mix. <laughs> it's about me. And it would be cool. It would have been cool, you know, if we could, you know, just add someone in. But there's already kind of a lot of us, and that's a lot of voices for people to keep track of anyway. I so have a large female cast of NPCs. Thank you very much. Yeah, you do indeed. But I mean, <laughs> it would be nice to get like a cool, like a, a PC female voice in here. Well, you know but, what, Ryan? Yeah, it's kind of just too late for that. that now. I'm leaving the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Mitch does have I, the I, longest I, hair. I thought you were going to save the beard and mustache and just exit the uh, hair more. Yeah, Jay and I had also discussed that. <laughs> no, and because no. my family is growing and my time needs are growing, I uh, actually 
think that I will be leaving the podcast as a prime PC following this final arc here in our current campaign. And we were talking about and discussing, you know, some people that are in other demographic groups, namely females, that would be interested in the podcast. So you very well may uh, get your wish, which I think we all actually kind of agree on. God, I hate running DM for that many people, but, you know, if we lose one and then we trade one up, hey, right? So yeah, and I think it's kind of gross to kind of try to pick a female to hit a demographic, but it also it feels good to have to, a, that a different voice, you know? Yeah, I, I yeah. It's it's definitely not about trying to like cater to anybody or hit a different de- demographic. It would just be nice to have you know a different voice, perspective. And, yeah, perspective yeah, to definitely. some of our because we're all we're dumb dudes and we yeah. want to <laughs> do dumb dude we, shit, and sometimes we, that's not sure. always the best idea. <laughs> yeah, we we all we all have like. Uh, different perspectives, and we all have different experiences, and we all have different knowledge, as been proven by Mitch's random fact. Yeah, but it's uh, it's also very much from one yeah. side of the like, yeah uh, aisle. Yeah, 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 and that's why I say a different demographic is just because it's a different point of view, different life experiences, different expectations exactly, yeah. and desires, and all those things that the more diverse. You know, for that matter, a foreign person would be awesome. Like, I, I love gaming and interacting with uh, with foreign people. I, long time ago, I play LARP, still play LARP, but a long time ago, one of the people's friends had come across the pond from France, and it was super fucking rad to be able to do this thing that I know so well, but to do it with someone that comes from an entirely different culture about it, and it was a super unique and super awesome experience. Uh, along that line, and just to plug a random podcast that I've been listening to, Dark Dice does like a horror-themed uh, podcast, and everyone on that show has a different accent because they're from all over the world. That's Super cool. Super interesting game. Yeah, you might want to check it out, Mitch. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, Jeff, yeah, I mean, I think, finish I us think... off on this one. Finish me. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, right until Randall gets his attack question. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that, uh, just as far as diversity and stuff like that, just to touch on that for a second, I think that is... Uh, a great element to have in any group of people, you know, doing anything. Like it's it's always fun to see see things from a different angle. Because, like Mitch said, even just like a a difference in culture, which I think we have some of. Obviously, we have enough difference in background, but we don't have a, a heavy difference in culture. As, as different as we can be, all from California, all <laughs> right, yeah. exactly, exactly. But I mean, like you know, I think you know, uh, mine and Ryan's experiences are different, and from some of you guys and then our our individual experiences are different and like that that shines through in different parts here and there and um that i i agree that that's something that's that's good to have and i wouldn't mind seeing uh in in the future and we'll see what what comes of that as far as anything i would change about the podcast i mean you know um i joined late as everybody should know at this stage and you were uh, on time today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 fake laugh hiding real irritation. <laughs> <laughs> and it was I, I was a fan first, you know. Uh, you know, my friends were doing this thing and I was like, Oh man, this is cool, like I enjoy it. And like we've touched on my uh, my innate desire to be an entertainer. Uh so yeah, <laughs> Jeff, I was Jeff happy already to got be to a change part. One thing about the podcast, he added himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, kind of technically, yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, as far as like other things, I think, I think that there's nothing serious I would change. Um, I think that 
the best thing about D&D or just uh, tabletop role-playing is that it is such an evolutionary process. It is going from this to that and not knowing how it's going to go. And, and, and that's the reason I really wouldn't change anything because you couldn't, you can't predict change anyway. Yeah. You know, um, I think that there's been a lot of things that have changed even down to like, what, like when I pitched my character and then it was like, well, we're going to do it this way. And I was like, okay, well, I don't get to be exactly what I imagined originally, but being what this is is super cool. Yeah. Uh- and thanks to everybody for letting me tweak you just enough to fit into a world because I, I I want to maintain my world but also fit you in it. You know, Jay, you can tweak me yeah. as much as you like. Yeah, yeah fit Ooh. me, daddy. Can I say that? But yeah, I mean, I think that that's my favorite part about about tabletop role playing is the idea of like, you know, you go into it with your preconceived notions and and what you think you're going to do, what you think the world's going to be like, and very quickly everybody, including the DM, has to respond to how things naturally change yeah so i i appreciate that and i i i like it i like being a part of this process i you know i talk about it with my friends and like and bore my loved ones with it from time to time so it's it's all fun i can't wait to see where it goes uh yeah i think that's it for that one yeah like i like the evolution uh there there's nothing that i really want to change just there's things that I might do differently going into the next campaign. Now that I know better, is kind of what it is. Because this just sort of yeah. evolved. Yeah. Randall's attack Definitely. question. Randall oh, yeah. gets an attack. I actually, this is a question that Randall's wanted to know. Not enough PP. Cannot do move. Okay. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I need more PP. Jay. <laughs> I don't know if you're going to get more PP from Jay. Maybe you should talk to Jeff. Got you, bro. Actually, you know what? My question was for Jeff. Uh, Fantastic. Uh, this is actually a question I've wanted to ask uh, Jeff uh, for a while about Mr. Grimm. Go on. In comparison to other Fae that, you, in your mind at least, is Mr. Grimm like an outcast compared to them? Like, is he the different one or is he like everyone else? Like, it, if we were to get like 20 Fae and we all talked to him, would he stand out and be like, oh shit, he's fucking weird. What the fuck? <laughs> um, so I think so I, I originally built this character around being different on purpose. Mm. Um, so there, there, a lot of that still and if you know Jeff, is a part. You know of that's him. what he's all about in general. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh, you know, be, because like I, you know, it started with the gentleman skeleton. Like that's that was what the basis of my character was. So he was always going to be that. And, and uh, where did you get that? Uh, that was just like a honestly, I got that because I found one day the awakened undead uh class and literally the art for it is this skeleton dressed up all kind of gentlemanly with a top hat and i was like this is the best idea ever where uh where'd you <laughs> find that it. class jeff a gentleman skeleton uh i actually found it i found it online um we've shouted out who who made it but gosh i have I don't it remember. literally in the intro file i can give it to you right the it's in now. the show notes as well right yeah that's what i'm saying it's in my show notes written down it's in the show notes and everything, so um, yeah, definitely yeah. plug them. Mr. Grimm's Awakened Undead Race, created by Mox22 on D&D Beyond. Yeah, so thanks, Mox. I don't I know who it. did the art for that. Though. I don't know who did the art. If Mox did the art, it's fantastic. Um, and definitely Google search it. If you haven't, Google search it and find the original inspiration for uh, yeah, no, Mr. Grimm. No one can give him fucking fan art because it's not as good as his original thing that he stole from somebody on D&D Beyond. It's a little it's, frustrating. It's, uh, yeah. 
it's shout out back. to the girl it's that's always back. giving us fan art of Grimm. Don't listen to yeah, Jay. But I do love. Don't I, listen to Jay. I do love all the fan art. I do love all the fan art. It is. It is so good, and I appreciate it greatly. And one day I'll sort of I'll pull out the old art skills and do my personal interpretation of it, and and everybody can see how shitty I am. But, um, so I mean, like when I started, it was it was built around that, and then so to incorporate that into being a fake character and and stuff like that. He was meant to be a little bit off. Yes. He's meant to be a bit different because he's meant to have a bit of a fascination, a bit more of a fascination with people than most Fae do. Now, don't get me wrong. Fae are pretty characterized throughout all lore as being fascinated by mortals. Yeah. But his is supposed to be a little bit more particular. Like this is a certain thing that he was fascinated with. Um, but what you'll find is like as – as the character kind of built out more and became more is that he is not exceedingly different from Faye because there's just kind of rules of what Faye are. Mm -hmm. And that's what was kind of broken down to me. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's, there's, there's certain things that he just doesn't stray from in those rules. You know, they are, they are creatures more than, more than like being these sophisticated things, which they are. They are also very built on this instinct, and that will come through, I feel like, in any fae. And you see it a lot with Grimm if you pay attention. You see his just instinctual response to things. And so if you if you put him next to a bunch of fae, like, yeah, he'd probably stand out. He'd be like, oh, well, that guy's a bit weird. As a DM, but, you know, I talk to him a lot about the character. I'll, I'll just say about fae in general. If you lined up a bunch of fae, they would all stand out. That's. I mean, that's also true. Yeah. <laughs> Fae are eccentric. Fae are eccentric creatures by design. Like all the way through every bit of lore you could ever read, they're all eccentric creatures. So, yes and no. Yeah, <laughs> they would all catch your eye at the same time. In fact, that's kind of the whole point: is that they are seductive or intriguing vibrant or intriguing. Yeah, it's like that's the one. Th like that's the thing that. Like, like, sim I, I worked with Jeff, uh, like, probably as much as I worked with Randall about his character design and how to fit it, Cause especially because he came in so late. I wanted him to have something that fit into the narrative better than dropping him. We kind of airdropped Strana in, and I learned from that. That's why we ended up with so the spy thing with Bop not really working out, and that's, uh, uh, uh you know, parting the kimono. Parting the kimono, that's why Bop, or Sabobos, is the new uh, player, because he fits the narrative a little better. Bop never quite joined the party, I felt. Like we we had talks about it. Yeah, he was always there, but he never felt like he was part of the adventuring group. He started. He always felt like an NPC to me. Yeah, Str Strana was uh was co DMing uh, as a single NPC. <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty much, it's like all right. I put in the background for this, this, this. This is set up. Yeah, we're good for this. This has happened, and, and I'm hoping to leave a lot of moments for Sabobos to shine too. Uh, but yeah, Jeff's character was a lot of work to me, that me and him kind of put in a lot of discussion about what, what it meant to be a fairy, because even I had to come up with some of it. He, he yeah. knows a lot of fairy lore, which is why one of my favorite things about Jeff playing is he seeds the lore, and I don't have to. It is really <laughs> cool to give somebody enough information that their character feels almost like he's an NPC. He knows the things without the DM having to interject. You're welcome. I fucking love that. Yeah, Bruce too. Bruce knows city history, like there, Sabobos. Like I will tell people things ahead of time. Sometimes parting the show because I ed we edit it out. Sometimes we'll cut out something the DM tells them as knowledge because their character already knows it, and there's no need for you to hear it from me again. And it's also interesting to hear. Yeah, they have that knowledge, but this is the way that character imparts that knowledge. 
which, you know, that word of, you know, you play the grapevine with the information. <laughs> yeah. Very much yeah, so. Always, uh, and the, it, 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 the information gets to be tinged through the, through the glass of that character. So. Yeah, I, I love that. I love that part of D&D, too. Creates its own set of problems, but it's super fun. <laughs> All right, what do we got up next? Uh, okay, uh, let's get, so is there any question anybody has for Ryan? Because he doesn't need to leave us early today. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, I, I've got one. I've got one. Um, why is Roy such a little <laughs> bitch? No, not really. Damn, uh, well, uh, <laughs> this is actually, actually, this is directly Bruce's fucking fault. Yes! Because- <laughs> <laughs> no, my, uh, my real question, though, yeah. is, you know, how, how do you feel about the interactions with Bruce and Roy? Uh, genuinely, Bruce is directly the reason why Roy is the way he currently is. When I first set out to play Roy, it was very much, I want to play a character that is the opposite of myself in IRL. And so I kind of started to play a really ruthless asshole when I f- was playing. It's fucking, Randall pointed out that, oh yeah, Roy's like kind of the same as me and he's going through some shit as far as like Dylan is concerned. He's got someone in his head. Roy was already an asshole what before he got a feel. <laughs> yeah, it just, it just didn't have a chance. Didn't really have a chance to show it off. Yeah, that was that already was kind of going on, and that was Roy's whole thing. And he was gonna kind of be the outcast and not really want to be around anybody. And now it's very much turned on that because of Bruce's odd fatherly wisdom that he has <laughs> continuously imparted and sometimes physically beat into Roy throughout <laughs> the campaign. So Cobblestone. yeah, I do. I do very much like all of Bruce and Roy's interactions. I think they're all very good and sometimes hilarious. And um, yeah, Bruce is systematically changing Roy into just Ryan as the campaign goes on. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, one of my personal favorite parts is actually uh, the interaction that Bruce has with Ron, uh, Roy and Dylan <laughs> specifically, yeah, yeah. because they're both. They're both very different in how it works out. And uh, the way that I, I've been running Bruce is, you know, Bruce has made a lot of mistakes in his life, as we've made evident by this point in the podcast. And uh, he, he wishes that he had sort of lived a better life and done things better. So he sees this opportunity to help these two other people, you know, do better. And it's kind of cool because in Roy, Bruce is able to see, you know, this is this is how I would have been if I'd done it better. This is, you know, how things could have could have been and in Dylan it's more of like hey you know that Dylan's much more like Bruce as Bruce turned out but it's you know even it's kind of cool for him because he can see that even though Bruce is kind of a fuck up with how Dylan is doing better you know there is the opportunity for growth there is sort of like a redeeming potential that Bruce also has so it's pretty cool yeah I, I like that Bruce ended up as like their surrogate fathers like yeah, the the Bruce the Bruce Roy Dylan dynamic has definitely been a, a, one of the better parts of of the series, in my opinion. Um, I do actually want to ask a real quick question to everybody, and obviously want to hit Ryan first because this is a question that that just hit me, and it's one of my absolute favorite parts, and I've already kind of talked about it several times to a certain extent about tabletop role playing about D anD D, and that is so you you make a character. You, you have this character in mind. You're like, I'm going to do this. And then as it progresses, the character gets his own legs. And there are a lot of times where things happen where there's, there becomes a part of the character that you didn't necessarily plan. 
whether that was like didn't plan it at all or didn't plan it in the moment, but all of a sudden this is now a key part of the character. Uh, and that's 100% one of my favorite things. So my question to each of you is, do you have one of those stages where that happened to you, where there is this element of your character that you didn't necessarily plan for? It's where the character took on its own legs and made it its decisions, as opposed to you making a conscious decision of what the character was going to do. Go ahead and hit us first, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, uh, Roy is somewhat, when I first built him out, is he is somewhat based off of, hilariously enough, back to our anime question, It is he is somewhat based off of Roy Mustang from Fullmetal Alchemist and uh, Shoto Aizawa, or fucking Eraserhead from My Hero Academia. So, he's kind of... He has or at least obviously that's where he changed. began. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> extremely where he began, and he has so far morphed into something completely fucking different. And so, although I did straight up steal my name from Roy Mustang, uh, he has oh, and and a little and actually a little bit of Harry Dresden if you read the Dresden Files, and uh, fucking yeah, like I said, a lot of his the what he has become is one hundred percent because of my interactions with Bruce specific and uh yeah he is just fully morphed into almost a completely different character and he is a lot more i guess introspective and he cares a lot more about what goes on in the world around him and fucking and not just he was very insular in himself because when i made because in the beginning he was just all he had known really for a long amount of time was just himself and surviving and just trying to get from one place to another and not having to worry about fucking anything else and now he has all these people that he's had to pal around with for i don't know how how much in-game time at this point but all these people have now rubbed off on him quite a bit to say something completely naughty but hey <laughs> yeah they er, all his interactions with everyone in the campaign has changed roy exponentially from what i wanted him to be initially cool who's next i'll go next because dylan now is not at all what i planned for damon to be at all like all of my character journey, like originally when after we randomized, after we made a story, I was going to focus on his personal plot and I was planning on originally doing that in the background and just, you know, investigating it every time a clue popped up or something. And maybe it would be a bigger deal at some point, like with the Akara thing. That's why I kind of expected, you know, once or twice, but like originally i was just gonna make him a dude that's not a hundred percent good and he's just trying to like figure out his life essentially what it was and the moment that it kind of became something else and became something different was when uh dylan killed that dude and i've hinted at this and made references to it all the time and he saw the book what to do, uh what to expect when you're expecting a book essentially how to deal with your pregnant wife i believe the actual <laughs> yes. title and i've referenced it throughout but dylan had a moment where he had a crisis and he just went i this isn't worth it and and he realized i'm the bad guy i'm the thing that i'm hunting yeah because up, up until that point you were pretty blasé you killed more people than anyone else on the show despite a lot of accusations being thrown around Damon's yeah. kill count was high. Yeah, <laughs> and that's the thing. Is, uh, Damon was like, "I'm the bad guy. I'm yep. the uh, like." It was like all the things Bruce had said, all the things Sandra had said, all culminating in that one moment. But he realized if he had turned back in that moment, it wouldn't have worked out. So from that point onward, Damon was like, "I got to figure out what I'm going to do." And then when he realized like this is a bomb, he went, "Okay, got it." And that's when Damon went from 
the guy seeking vengeance to the guy trying to do the right thing at no matter what the cost to himself was. And that's warped and changed and whatever, but since the heist, and if you remember correctly, I got fucked up in that heist. Uh, well, you chose to go against everyone. Yeah, because uh, I couldn't communicate, and yeah. Jay said, no metagaming, don't talk to anyone about what you're doing, you gotta play it off like you're an asshole. No, I, I, did, I, did, I did do that one pretty hard, but I think I, I liked the way it came out. Oh no, it was one of my favorite episodes, first of all. Like That was an amazing moment, and that's where... Uh, I realized, oh, he's going to be like going through the entire five stages in this journey. He's not just going to stay in anger and vengeance. He's going to be, he's going to have some legs under him and he's going to be traveling and doing shit and trying to be a hero in his own right. And we even talked about killing him in that episode. I don't think. Yeah. We, uh, we talked and, about whether or not you would be resurrected at all or if you would just die. No, yeah. Me and Jay talked about this at a Del Taco after that recording. <laughs> this is actually true. We talked, if you're, I don't know if you remember this, Jay. You looked at me and was like, hey, dude. Are we killing him? Yeah, so uh, <laughs> the fun little thing I want to add to this. I don't think is, that's up to me. Uh, we left it on that cliffhanger of Bruce. I have a med kit. One of the reasons we did that was legit because we, as the podcast, didn't know yet. At that yeah. time, we hadn't made up our minds, so we like made we left you hanging. But man, let me tell you guys, we were hanging just as much as you were at that time. Like, did Bruce stay yeah. him? Does Dylan die? Nobody knew when that shit came up. Yeah, me and Jay had a serious conversation for about 30, 40 minutes in that Del Taco <laughs> while we ate. And like, do you need to roll a new character? What type of character would you roll? Like, what? How would we do this? I want to keep the story going for him, but that was pretty bad. And like, uh, it's like. All my old wounds that killed me reopened, and you know, the de- so, deal undone. So you were left exactly where you were left when you made it. We and even so, we even yeah. talked about him making a pact instantly and coming back as a warlock for someone else. But yeah, and and I personally loved uh, at the moment when we decided to keep him alive was this idea of you undoing the pact and basically being left exactly where the devil saved your life. Like you weren't dead at the time, so technically Dylan never died, quote unquote, because he was bleeding out again. You know, he's on his last death save. And I loved the concept of the difference between when he was dying alone in the alley was that Bruce is here this time. Sort of like he's not in the same situation that he was. So, no. like all, we- all, Also, I'm sorry, Bruce still breaks my heart to this day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I actually, uh, that was one of the, I, I know I'm breaking our, our little stream yeah, no here, no but worries. that was one of my favorite moments. It like once I knew in hindsight what was going on with Dylan because it's like what caused Dylan to get into this situation was, you know, losing everything, being abandoned, being on his own, not having anyone to help him and just being left with literally, you know, no other option really. He, there's nothing else he could have done and his turning point is finalized by here's a guy that, you know, sort of knows you and... uh goes out of his way to save him on faith, which is the thing that I feel like early Dylan didn't really have at the time, especially yeah. having learned more about Akara and things like that. It seems like that uh, really set that turning point for Dylan in the story is his whole life had in that moment completely inverted. Yeah, it was, It was. by the way, great writing by Jay, personally. I, I I felt those, that episode, <laughs> that's the reason uh, why Damon became Dylan, because he felt like he was trusted and cared about. That's Damon's. right, y'all can blame me for that. And uh, <laughs> it, it, was such, it was such a good story, and the episode ended, actually, with Jay singing that song, Where Did All My Heroes Go? I remember that song, because it haunts me, because I edited that episode, <laughs> and I was always, timing went in. <laughs> 
in, you know, introduce the song and start fading into the song, I was like, holy fuck, this is strong. Yeah, and, this that, is and, a that, that, and that was when I wanted to try to like really up uh, sort of the dramatic amount of this particular campaign. I realized that there was a lot that could be done that would actually hit home. And I hope that I do that. And I hope you all forgive me if I, if we make you feel things. (laughs) (laughs) Jay, I have an absolutely important question. Okay. For this campaign, what was my original character? (laughs) For this campaign? For the campaign. Oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. Uh, let, let me take that. Let me roll that back. I'll answer that. Let me roll that back because there's a Are bigger answer to this. Are we going to talk about this? Yeah, just real quick so, for fun. Uh, so if you start listening from the beginning, you may notice that the game picks up, particularly with Bruce, as if Bruce has been doing things. <laughs> and, and nobody else was like, because he's the only character that we just start it almost like he's mid-adventure or mid-problem. <laughs> And that is because when we started recording the podcast, I originally had a group of people that fell apart, as uh, D&D groups do, and Bruce, Mitch is the only one. And when I said, hey, I want to start a podcast, Mitch told me, because he's played with me for several years. And I quote, fuck you, I'm not writing a new character, deal with it. Exactly. So so Bruce picks up exactly where we left off in that campaign, and then we brought everybody else in. Uh, so Mitch being in jail, or Bruce being in jail, Bruce going on trial, that was all what was set up at the end of the last episode, so to speak, before things began. I had even recorded those when we had started on a really bad recording, and I had thought of, do we want to save these? Me and Mitch had argued a lot, and I eventually was like, they're really bad, they just need to go into the trash can. Uh, but... The flip side of that is Bruce became exactly what I wanted Bruce to be, this person who's lived in the city forever, which means he has problems that are ongoing. And that also set the tone for me when I started to make the campaign about it's going to be uh, all all in the city about like never like never leaving the town and the sort of experiment of a campaign. And Strana's original character, the original question before you take <laughs> off, Randall, Strana's original character was a fucking halfling in a rat suit. Uh, <laughs> he was a ranger, a and the last suit. time we had left him was he had trod on the Thieves Guild territory hunting dire rats, rats. or something. In Were-rats. Were-rat, yeah. That, that was a storyline that was in the original campaign because I had different plot lines for those characters that ended up being scrapped. But part of the uh, sewer was there was going to be a were-rat infestation. A lot of things have changed. Uh, but he had been left <laughs> bleeding out, and he the last we had seen your character, he was being dragged away by, uh, I believe it was Mullion or Canton, after being shot with a crossbow yeah. because you looked like a rat. You look like a were rat. And you went straight to bleed out, and we were going to save. I was going to save him, but then that campaign fell apart, and when and you finally secretly, had rejoined us, it was. And secretly, he was Lenny the Narc the whole time. He could have been. Could have been. Uh, <laughs> could have been Lenny the Narc. Uh, and actually, a uh, fun fact about that original podcast setup was, uh, this is funny, this is how I found out about it, and this is one of my funniest fucking memories about this podcast, was that Jay approached me, because me and Jay and Mitch used to hang out every now and again and go to lunch when I lived near them. They would pick me up, we go to uh, our local burger place, grab a burger, you know, have a nice time, right? Well, uh, Jay's like, hey man, I'm starting a D&D podcast. I was like, oh, that's really cool. And... Uh, you know, it, and I was never going to say this. I was like, can I be a part of it? Right. Uh, but I wasn't because I love D&D and I, and me, Mitch and Jay used to play games, just the three of us every now and again. Uh, and 
they, he looked at me and was like, hey, you have experience in YouTube and Twitch and all that. And I was like, yeah, I actually do. Holy shit, am I about to be in a podcast? This is going to be dope. <laughs> and he looked at me and was like, do you know how to edit? And I was like, yeah, actually, I, I actually ha- know how to edit. Okay, do you want to be our editor? And I was like, I was close. but you know i i loved jay and i and i loved the idea and i wanted because he told me about the podcast idea and i was like you know what jay yes i'll be your editor i'll figure it out i'll make time i was going to college at that time but i was like i'll make time in between homework and all that shit i'll be your editor i'll do whatever you need because i have these programs already i have the knowledge i can do it basic and he's like yeah that's all i really need i just need basic editing right now and I was like, okay. And then, uh, if you watch the original uh, Torchlit Tavern bloop episode, the Redactyl Strikes Back, there's actually a clip of an old recording talking about the fact that Mitch and Jay came up with the name Redactyl because those old recordings, they would yell at me about. <laughs> they would yell at me, it's like, Redactyl, fix that. Redactyl, fix this. You know, just yelling at me and being dicks. And it was great. I loved it. But uh, it, it was just really funny because uh after that game fell apart he's like jay came up to me he's like fuck i need to find new players i was like you do i mean there, <laughs> then, there was no debating at the time that you were going to play because i just had a full party at the time i, 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 would, I am I would, an ass and i totally did bring it to him like that and i'm a dick for doing no, that no but, no you don't, you're not an ass it was funny to me because it's totally fair you don't have to you're not required if you're doing something to invite someone you're not and, and handing and I just, you a plate of work makes me feel like a jackass I know, but I thought it was funny. It's one of my favorite funny stories. I have no ill will towards it. And the thing is, once it, there were people available and it was only Mitch left, Jay came up to me. He was like, hey, I know you're going to be our editor. I was like, oh, yeah. Do you, uh, do you need uh, when we're going to post episodes or something? He's like, actually, there's been a delay. I was like, what do you mean? I need a new crew. <laughs> I was, I was like, All right. What happened, bud? And he looked at me. He's like, it's a, it's a mess. Uh, anyways do you want to be a player now also and do the editing with me? And I was like, you know what? Sure, man. Uh, I'll make a character. I was in the library at my school finishing up an eight-page paper when I was texting oh, this, wow. by the way. Yeah, I, uh, Jay hit me up and actually asked me this, and I was like, do I have a character? Yeah, I'm going to start a group chat. And that's how our now infamous Facebook group chat, which is a mess, started. So, yeah, um, the takeaway you should have from this is this is my B team. This was not my original, but... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no, better. That is absolute. That is absolutely simplification and not hey, really hey, the truth hey, at all. Hey, but I'll have you know, I'm C team. C team. <laughs> no, no, We're no, actually, dude, you're D team. You're two point one. Strong as C team. I'm D team. Okay. We're actually the uh, losers. I was, I was gonna say I was the prototype and B team. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Anyway, uh, we're actually uh, the losers, yeah. starring Chris Evans and Jeffrey yeah. Dean Morgan, and uh, Zoe. Uh, no, okay, I'll just leave my cut. stupid references. I got you. the The question was, um, you know, how did how did your character grow on its own? And uh, part of it is in that long backstory. But uh, Bruce, uh, I was actually the one who suggested to Randall, dude, you got to do a random character. Because I had also rolled Bruce completely randomly. The only thing I changed is on my original roll, I rolled a human you barbarian, and I had just... No, you rolled Goliath... Didn't you roll Goliath barbarian? No, I rolled it a human barbarian, and I had just played that. Oh, yeah. So I was like, nah, fuck this. So I re-rolled those two, and that's when I got Goliath fighter. So that was... It, it was, you know, other than those two re-rolls, because I didn't want to play the same damn thing again... It was completely random, and I had already played a bit before Randall joined in, so Bruce had a little bit of this character, and during that first session, while it lasted, I had sort of developed Bruce into 
you know, an older, wiser person who wasn't, like, a brilliant individual, but had been around long enough to know how things work and to know how to sort of pull the hustle, as it were. And then we... We lost that campaign, and we started this new campaign, and we ended up with the uh, the impressionable and developing characters of Roy and Dylan. And then with those two characters, Bruce had a, a new way to outlet his, you know, impressions of the world. And that's when he sort of became Daddy Bruce, and that was completely unplanned. Like, I had never really meant for him to go that route. Initially, there was no inclination for him to be this sort of moral guiding force, but... I wrote a little bit more of Bruce's you, backstory. You started out. Was that you, the moment? Other the first campaign that got scrapped. You were already sort of becoming that moral guiding force. Like it was, it was one of those moments. Like like Jeff asked, the moment you set that character down on the table, he immediately found himself heading that direction. From what I remember, yeah. One of my biggest regrets uh, about <clears throat> the original recordings, and I still have it, so maybe it'll see the light of day someday. Is the introduction of Bruce at Kendra's doorstep is one of the scenes that is lost that I don't want to be lost because I love it. So yeah, I, w- I really need to knock these out because these are the last of the uh, listener questions. Then I'll, and I'm going to rapid fire these because mostly they're in Lightning anyway. round. Yeah, lightning round. Lightning round, let's uh, go. This will be the longest one, so I'll start I with it. I to take out what, damage. Yeah, once again, uh, these are mostly from Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. She's one of our Patreon supporters and a fantastic question. Oh, wait, hang on. What I had one Jay's... more thing I wanted to say. Oh, you son of a yeah, bitch. Yeah, fuck you. Uh, this is going to be late, but uh, happy birthday to one of our uh, our main men, Alec Court. It's not your birthday oh, yeah. when you hear it's this. It's his birthday today. But it's your birthday when, when we recorded this. this. So happy birthday, bud. Bam. Thanks. Happy birthday, and we, love we will you. keep talking happy. shit with you and at you as we move forward. It's true. I'll sleep with. There yeah. you go. So once again, back to the important one, because Alec doesn't pay us money. Sarah does. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what, are Jay, priorities, priorities. what are Jay's top five books he's read? And it's all about me, too, so I want to get to this. Uh, this one's rough. I can't give you a top five, Sarah. I will give you series, because I was a humongous, voracious reader as a young man. And uh, getting back into it now that I finally can. Um, I am a huge fan of the Dresden Files. Uh, if you... You can see uh, that influence possibly in the way I treat Roy and Dylan Damon, uh, the way that magic is portrayed in that series. I would very much always like to sort of port into D&D. The rules I have for controlling Fae are largely from that, and a lot of the way Fae interact with one another I've pulled from that. Um, I'm a, I was a humongous fan of, you know, Harry Potter, the books when I grew up, less so the movies. I'm an old school fan. Uh, I read... Uh, Brian Jock's series about Redwall, which is about a bunch of mice and shit, and it's super adorable, although they are killing each other. Uh, I love the... I'm sitting next to these books, and I'm glancing at them because I have read so many that I need a reminder. Cheater. My absolute favorite book, uh, or at least, jeez, saying that I have a favorite book is hard, Uh, but the two that are definitely at the top of the list are uh, Illusions by Richard Bach. Because it's just sort of this uh, self-empowering, semi-religious book, which is strange because I am neither religious nor particularly spiritual. But if you illusions is a quick read, I highly recommend it. Uh, uh, he's also not particularly self-empowering. Uh. <laughs> no, yeah, not really. Yeah, none of that. Maybe that's why I like it so much. Um, and then the other one that I highly recommend is uh, Pratch Grothfuss's uh, Kingkiller Chronicles. Uh, he's only at book two, and we wish he would write faster, but at the same time, I appreciate him taking his time because he's magnificent. First book is Name of the Wind, and I love those stories. Those are 
probably my favorite books. Man, I haven't read that book, but Jay hasn't shut up about it in like, what, nine years? So I can confirm. Yep, never will either. Uh, can confirm. <laughs> I don't read a lot of books, so. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and pitch this one for Rapid Fire, because I think it's important. Is, rapid uh, Fire. Toward you guys, I, w- I would like to, I would really like to know as a DM, what are your inspiration, favorite books, shows, movies, like when you build a hero who, who, who sticks out in your mind, like, give me a quick, what are your influences as far as like, what are your favorite? Yeah. Uh, uh, strong. Who's going to start? So, yeah, so real, really simply, um, I've actually read a huge amount of books, uh, uh, absolutely stupid amount of books. Uh, right now I'm reading about a book a day. Put, put it Jesus. Way. He's a monster. For a lot of reasons, yeah. not just that one. <laughs> so He's got some extra free time lately. I've had some extra free time, exactly. Uh, so consequently, um, I actually read a lot of science fiction and fantasy. Um, and some of my original books back in the day were actually – one of my favorite series is Luke's film Alien Chronicles. Uh, if you can ever find it, it's a pretty good read. Um, it's actually a very, very interesting one. Um, but I, I, I like that one if you have like – if you need an oppressive empire that's like in decline. Beautiful, beautiful series of books. You're, you're very big um, on epic uh, historical – like false history stuff, right? Things that like – Yeah. Like it, it yeah, creates so, uh, its own mythos and history throughout the series, correct? Yeah, and and or it borrows so like uh, uh, Destroyerman is a series I've been reading, and that's really interesting. The whole idea is that um, it's like so you have it's an alternate reality Earth basically, and people from our Earth get pulled into it at random times mm. <laughs> and random locations. So like the conquistadors and the Aztecs got disappeared into the alternate world. Hey, I know that at- game. <laughs> uh, hey, at 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 this uh, one time, and and now they you know live in what is Mesoamerica, and they're basically this really weird, twisted Christian Christianity, <laughs> just bizarre. I know that band. Um, yeah, you know, and, and you have the Lemurians, which basically are like giant talkative lemurs that run around on ships all day, but then <laughs> they met up with an American destroyer. And then the lizard people met with the Japanese. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Moving yes. on. Lightning round just weird. slowed. <laughs> Here's a random shout out anyway. that we never do. Uh, our, our good boy Bruce, played played by Mitch, uh, runs a LARP. Uh, Mitch runs a LARP, if anybody's interested in live action role play, up in the Ortega Mountains called... Lost to the Aether. Lost to the Aether. You can find us on Facebook. We got a group. We run events. Uh, Every other month is what we shoot for. Try to keep it cheap. Try to keep it frequent enough to be invested, but infrequent enough to not be too invested. Because, man, running a thing every month is a hard life for everybody. All right. Now, real quick, while we're at it, what can people expect to influence that game, Mitch? And uh, what what inspires you? The the original question, too. The original question, um, honestly, life. Like, historic accounts i would say is probably my most significant factor and i'm gonna need to explain that so i will what i mean by that is when you look at the old classic stories whether it's joan of arc even stories from the bible viking sagas things like that many of the best heroes even thor to a certain degree though less so because he's you know as guardian but a lot of the best heroes and a lot of the best stories come from yeah this person didn't start his shit they didn't 
They weren't born some noble hero capable of impossible, insurmountable deeds. They had to learn that. They had to adapt that, and they had to grow that ability. They had to overcome all of these things, starting with very simple means. So I don't really have a particular book, though there are many that deal with that. Um, I haven't read many books in quite some time. I haven't done a lot of reading as an adult, but the Jedi Academy series, I remember being good as that. Um, a lot of the animes that I do like, like Full Metal Alchemist and a couple of others I can't think of the name of currently, deal with that same sort of motif of, yeah, you're not necessarily a crazy, awesome, special dude, but you have to deal with this and you make a way. Even old war stories and historic accounts, things like that. So that's what I've always found the most compelling, and that's how I use to drive characters and drive stories. Randall. Uh, for me, what inspires me a lot is that I've always been a big mythology nut. Uh, from a very young age, I read Greek mythology, Norse mythology, any mythology I could get my hand on at the library. I have a collection of Greek mythology in my bookcase. Those type of stories. Your childhood uh, sounding like mine. Yeah, my favorite. My some of my like top three favorite movies would be like uh, Troy with Brad Pitt. Uh, Snatch also has Brad Pitt, funny enough. Uh, and like Gangs in New York, very character centric stuff. That is my shit. I like developing a character, whether it's, uh, me running a game, me playing a game. Characters are the building blocks. I want the whole story to be a build up from the characters into the world. Uh, with that, like, uh, stories like, uh, uh, also comic books. I've been a comic book nut from like very young age, ever since I saw, my first Spider-Man comic book to today, Preacher, is actually a great comic book and it got its own TV show. I thought that was Good awesome. Show. Uh, Watchmen, Good even show. even the new Watchmen, I enjoy. I'm not uh, sure, yeah. uh, and the and I'm actually a huge fan of Deadpool, and I know everyone is nowadays, but like the Daniel Way run was so good because that's what humanized Deadpool made him a character rather than just a caricature. And even, and also the continuation of that kind of idea with him, uh, from Brian Posen and Gary Duggan, who did one of my personal favorite Deadpool stories ever, the good, the bad and the ugly, uh, which is an amazing comic book series. And I recommend that one highly because it is such a deep dive into his, into his psyche and, into his history and like the effects of it and like him as a person outside of being Deadpool. And it's really fucking good. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much where I get my inspiration from. Jeff. Uh, my inspiration when it comes to, uh, characters, uh, specifically for like role-playing games, uh, is pretty varied. It's, um, uh, I'm, I'm right there with Randall. I've been a comic book dude for, so long like top of the list is definitely you know uh you know as cliches it is it's spider-man and it's x-men and it's it's that kind of stuff that really helped guide me into understanding what a character is and how to drive stories with characters specifically comic books really helped that and then anime really supported that like, that's one of the reasons I love both those things. They're so character driven. The choices that the characters make and the, the evolutions that, the, that they have are so good. And like the, the real world struggles, the, the things that build a person is what matters is what I've learned. And like, so when, you know, if we're talking specifically about building a character of my own, when I'm building a character, I've, I find myself, and I recently just had to do this over again. I started another campaign with some friends of mine. How and dare you? I cheat on us. What can I say? 
How dare he oh, start another one? He already had like six. Oh, well, so one of them ended, and so we started another one. Uh, we just yeah, like literally, the one like literally how? Another. Yeah, how like, dare like, how? <laughs> how? How how dare you? <laughs> um, but like the for me, it's like a combination of like. I, uh, what I do is I flesh out the bones of a character like okay so this is what I know about the character thus far like this is where he's from and this is his race and this is what makes him or her if I make a female character often I don't because I don't have that that perspective but uh, this is what makes him or her up to this point like here's all the things that make sense how does the world see him how does he see himself what all those things and then I take that if I could mull that over and then throw it into the rest of this world, and that's where uh, that's where the character really develops. Because from there on, it's not about what I decided about the character; it's about what happens to the character. And that's that's why my question was like, when does your char- when did your character like develop on its own to get its own legs and stuff like that? Because that is what I've decided. That's what to me has become a big part of building a character. And as a writer, it's uh, also being a writer myself, you know, I've written a couple of things. Um, that's something I try to impart upon my writings is this idea of like, what makes what, what they start as and what makes them what they become. All so. right. Uh, is that everybody? Uh, yeah, this yep. became way longer than I thought it would be. Cause we had a lot to say. That was super cool. Uh, I'm going to end this on the last question from a listener that matters. And I just want you to read Damn. this list and I'm going to fade out on it. Damn. Uh, this is the most important question. I saved it for last, uh, from Eric on Facebook who isn't caught up. So hopefully he keeps listening and gets to this. Uh, he's only on episode eight and this may be answered in my future or in your past, but is there a for real codified list of Damon's date rules? So I'm going to let Randall take it away, and we're just going to go ahead and fade out on this. Yeah, this is log off, guys. Um, I'll catch y'all later. <laughs> 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 All right, so these dates started off as a joke, uh, just like, ah, not till this date. But uh, it, I was keeping track of what I said every time I said it, and I have a codified date list. And it goes up to a certain number because no one's ever made it past. Anyways, because, <laughs> well, you've met Dylan. I mean, at a uh, certain point, is it dating or are you in a relationship? Like, what's well, a date anymore? What's the kind <laughs> of fair, fair question. Yeah. D- uh, date rules. The first date, it's okay to hold hands with Dylan. And uh, pushed by Halbert, okay. We discovered this in the first episode. <laughs> okay. Uh, the second date is maybe a kiss, maybe not. It all depends on comfort, you know. Halberd across the chest is somewhat okay, you know, holding it there because now it's like you're lingering, you know, so like a caress, third date, like a Halberd caress. Third date, third date kiss, sure, uh, with Dylan. It's okay, Every, but is it required the Halberd no. on the second date? Like, <laughs> no, it's not required, but like I'm not gonna say no. Okay. Uh, the third date, uh, totally okay to kiss Dylan, and if you want. Maybe tongue. It depends on the comfort. Be a, be your own judge, you know. Uh, fourth, makeouts. Maybe some roughhousing. Uh, beat up by orc. Okay, a bit kinky. This was established by the Knights of Canoria. <laughs> okay. Uh, fifth date, existential crisis, and maybe movies at their place. <laughs> Okay. That one. That one's for Randall. Uh, <laughs> six date. Uh, hand stuff above clothing. Maybe 
depends on comfort, you know? You, you never want to assume maybe may, maybe these dates are offsetting. These are not required to happen if you go on these dates, by the way, for anyone listening. This is just <sighs> Dylan's okay. list. Yeah, uh, seventh date, both hands. All eighth right, date, don't stop, but I'm going to be walking away now. Goodbye. <laughs> eighth, feed stuff because you have to find All comfort right, levels. Ninth date, maybe definitely beneath the clothes. Tenth date, I'm a second existential crisis. Is Bruce dating <laughs> Dylan? Dylan? Eleventh, sleepover, and maybe depending <laughs> on comfort. Twelfth, uh, uh, pillow fort, and maybe some loss of clothes. Thirteenth, it's getting real here, folks. Fourteenth, exploration. I'll let you figure out what that means. Fifteenth, and this is a Bruce one that was established. Rough flying tackle hugs, a lion to stone allowed. <laughs> yeah, In shit, front of Bruce a nunnery, which is bonus. <laughs> Sixteen, <laughs> whip slash giant log hitting. Don't ask. 17th, Jay lets me do a thing. We haven't reached that point. 18th, Jay says I can't do a thing. We've reached that point somehow. 19th, hey, I would elf. like to say that we are definitely past the 20th date. Uh, that, 19th, elf style. 20th, barb According barb to sessions, whip. we're on session 40. 21st, goblin style. 22nd, orc style. 23rd, dragonborn style. 24th, dwarf style. Where's my bop at? Uh, 25th, giant style. Hey, Bruce. What's up? Uh, 26th, halfling style. Those that ship Roy and Dylan, a.k.a. Rollin. Last one I have listed, because no one's made it past this one for a good reason. It just simply states, Mullion. Wow. Saving that one. <laughs> the last date's Mullion. It's just Mullion. That's all I have written down. Okay, guys. <laughs> hey, tavern goers. Thanks again for joining us for another adventure on Torchlit Tavern. Hopefully you've been listening to us leading up to ARC 4, but if not, you can always go back to our beginning, or, if you are less inclined, I have provided a summary of the story so far at the beginning of episode 50. If you are looking for other ways to listen to us, we can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, Podbean, or any of your preferred podcasting services. Please continue to share, like, and most importantly rate us on whatever your preferred service may be. We have no designs on any vast empire, but the more you help, the more we can share our small, silly story with others. If you truly love our show and want to go above and beyond our dreams, you can support us on Patreon at Patreon backslash Torchlit Tavern, where we can reward you with bonus content, including blooper episodes, additional lore, or bonus episodes. If you wish to reach out to us, you can contact us directly at TorchlitTavern at gmail.com or visit our website at TorchlitTavern.com. We also can be found on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching Torchlit Tavern. You can find me, Jameson Oxford, on Twitter at Agent Beige. You can find Ryan at RyanSCBSantos on Twitter. You can find Jeff at Big underscore J underscore The Badman on Twitter. And you can find Randall on Instagram at Argo Omega. Thanks again for listening, and don't forget, 
Fecular warlock, dear. Hey, uh, hey, Jay. I have a question that I have no intention of answering. Has anybody ever asked about Bruce and Granlin? Oh, Hands up. <laughs> <laughs> 